Hello everyone and welcome back to the first ever proper episode of the Messy Book Club. I am so excited. So if you are new to this podcast, let me explain something to you real quick. Basically, this is an alternating podcast. Every second week we do a book club. It is called the Messy Book Club. We talk books, we talk romance, we talk self-development, we talk fantasy, we talk a little bit of everything book-wise. Uh, and then on the other week, we just talk about general topics. So we talk about mindset, we talk about self-development, we talk about confidence, body positivity, whatever it may be. But that is the Mess to Success podcast. It is an, an all-rounder podcast, a one-stop shop, if you will. And I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Messy Book Club by Mess to Success Podcast. This is your one-stop shop for all things romance, self-development, fantasy, and book-related. Whether we're discussing the fan fiction of yesteryear, which steamy romances will get your blood pumping, or analyzing which self-help books are really worth your time, the Messy Book Club is for people who want to delve into literature no matter what the genre. Enjoy! So on today's episode of the Messy Book Club, as you guys should know, hopefully, we are going to be talking about Twilight by Stephanie Meyer. Wow. So over the last two weeks, I have been rereading Twilight just for you guys. Uh, So yeah, I've been rereading Twilight. It has been a journey, to say the least. And yeah, I've just been having so much fun reading it. I've been so stoked to record this episode and tell you guys about my experience rereading Twilight. So just to start off with, I'm going to give you a bit of background in case you, I don't know, live under a rock and you don't know what Twilight is. Twilight is a book by Stephanie Meyer. It is an urban fantasy young adult book. What is urban fantasy? Good question. So urban fantasy basically means it has fantasy elements, but it's set in the real world. So Twilight is an urban fantasy because it's set in real cities. It's set in a real human world, but obviously like there's vampires and werewolves and shit. So it's like not real. Obviously. So that is an urban fantasy set in the real world, but has fantastical elements. So yeah, it was written by Stephanie Meyer in 2005. And since 2005 is currently 2021, it has sold 120 million copies worldwide. 120 million copies. Are you bloody joking me? That is just crazy. Anyway, it was clearly a global phenomenon. And it was apparently based on a dream that Stephanie Meyer once had. What a lovely dream that sells you 120 million copies of a book. Not bad, is it? I wish my dreams did that. Anyway, I read Twilight for the first time when I was 12 and I was absolutely obsessed as most 12 year olds were back in those days. And I literally had a Team Edward shirt from Supray. Who remembers? Who remembers the Team Edward shirts from Supray? Because I had one and I wore that thing religiously. I thought I looked so cute in my little Supray. I love Edward or Team Edward shirt, whatever it was. I just thought I was so cute. Oh my God, you guys. And I had another t-shirt and it was called, like, this was the slogan. I got it from Target for Christmas one year and I will never forget. It was my favorite shirt. It literally said, forget princess. I want to be a vampire. And I literally thought it was the coolest shirt ever. And it was like, I wore that thing to death. Oh my God. What an iconic shirt. Anyway, moving on to my general thoughts of the book before we kind of jump into the nitty gritty of this episode. So general thoughts. I had a very enjoyable reading experience. So book Edward and book Bella are very, very different to movie Edward and movie Bella, or at least that's how I see it. Like when I read the books, I picture them a little bit different. I picture their personalities to be a bit different. And I just picture the general vibe to be a little bit different. Um, Another thing I totally forgot about is actually how obsessed 
Bella and Edward are with each other. Like, it is so insane. I, I did not realize, like, when I was 12 and I was reading this, I was like, mm, yeah, normal. That's fine. That's normal. But now, as a 24-year-old rereading this, I'm like, oh, my God. They are obsessed with each other. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. But it's still amazing. And, yes, I do have some critiques, you could say. However, in general, it was an enjoyable reading experience. And although I may make some comments, like, critiquing Twilight, at the end of the day, I still love this book because of what it did for me and my reading. This is the book that got me into reading. This is what started it all. So I still really, really appreciate and admire this book. Yes, it is not literary finesse. I don't know. It's not an, an amazing literary feat by any means. However, it's a great book. All right. If we just read it for what it is and enjoy it for what it is, we can appreciate that it is a great book. Okay. So how this is going to go is that I have, re I have read this book and I have annotated it for you guys. You are welcome. I went through, I annotated it. It's my first ever book that I fully annotated. I went through with little colorful sticky notes. It was very fun. And I annotated this thing for you. So what we're going to do is we are just going to go through and we're going to read some of my notes. We're going to read some of my annotations in order of the book. So I'm not going to split it up by like plot, characters, blah, 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 blah. No, we're just going in order of the book. I'm not a book like a professional book critiquer, okay? So this is how we're doing it. I hope you enjoy. And a quick disclaimer before we jump in, obviously this is going to have spoilers. So if you have not read or have not seen Twilight somehow and you're listening to this somehow, I suggest you click off if you don't want to be spoiled because this is going to be having a lot of spoilers in it. Anyway, moving on. So the first page that I flagged was page three. And that is because of Bella's fashion taste. Guys, I just can't. So... Stephanie Meyer describes Bella's outfit on the, this is genuine, first page, chapter one, first page. I was wearing my favorite shirt, sleeveless white eyelet lace. I was wearing it as a farewell gesture. My carry-on item was a parka. Girl, what? A, her favorite shirt is a sleeveless white eyelet lace? I'm just trying to picture that in my mind and I'm genuinely like picturing like a grandma's lacy shirt. Like, I, I don't know, like, I am not getting a clear picture in my mind of what that is. I am just picturing like a grandma. So bizarre. Moving on. On page 13, Stephanie Meyer and her very, very smart foreshadowing. So let me read you Let me read you guys a quote. I stuffed everything into my bag and slung the strap over my shoulder and sucked in a huge breath. I can do this. I lied to myself feebly. No one was going to bite me. <laughs> the foreshadowing. Stephanie Meyer, I love it. That is iconic. I just absolutely love it. Page 13, we have some lovely foreshadowing right there. Moving on. So one thing I noticed throughout reading Twilight is that like Bella's inner monologue is very pessimistic. Like she is such a pessimist. She's always saying like, oh, like I'm not like the others. Like other kids don't like me. Like I'm a weirdo. Like I just don't get along with the other kids. I'm an outcast. But she's also low-key like a bitch in her inner monologue. So she goes on in the first few chapters saying how like she never really had friends in Phoenix. Like she never really fit in. And she, throughout the whole series, she literally never mentions a single person from Phoenix whatsoever. So it's like she almost didn't have a life before she moved to Forks. And she always goes on and says things like that. But then you'll notice throughout the first few chapters of Twilight, everyone at Forks High School. So Forks High School is a very small school, very, yeah, very, very just a very small situation. Everyone knows everyone. They all grew up together. And yeah, Bella's like, oh, I'm dreading this. I'm going to be a freak. Like, no one's going to like me. Like, I don't have friends. Like, I'm a freak. And everyone at Forks is so nice to her. So literally in her first day, she is immediately approached by like, 
I'm assuming the popular kids. Like, I'm assuming that Jessica and Mike are the popular kids because, like, there's not that many kids in Forks. So, surely if there's, like, a group of kids, they're just going to automatically be the popular kids. And she's approached by them, Jessica, Mike, Angela, Ben, Eric, like, all of these people, Tyler. And instead of, like, being like, oh, my gosh, like, I come to this school and everyone's so different. They're actually friendly to me. They want to be my friend. She's like, ugh, I don't. Like, I don't want to be approached. Like, ugh, I can't believe they're talking to me. Like, ugh, Mike is such a puppy dog. He follows me around. Like, ugh, Jessica is so, like, shallow and vapid. And it's just like, girl, this is why you don't have friends. Are you joking me? Like, if you're thinking about people like that, no wonder you don't have friends. Anyway, so again, the next thing I flagged was Stephanie Meyer's description of Edward like the way she describes Edward throughout this book no wonder we were all obsessed with him I'm going to read you out a quote today his eyes were a completely different color a strange ochre darker than butterscotch but with the same golden tone that's his eyes she's describing his eyes um yes no wonder 12 year old me was obsessed with Edward like hello another swoon Edward moment that I just had to tell you guys about so this was left out of the movie, but I just wanted to talk about it because like when I read this when I was 12, I literally was so obsessed. I thought this was the cutest thing ever. So there's a scene where they're in science and they're doing like blood typing, which first of all, surely like that's illegal. Like I don't know about schools in America, but in Australia, they just would not do that because it, like you can't just prick a, a kid's thumb and like draw blood in class. Like, I don't know. Side note. Anyway, during the class, Bella feels so sick because she gets so queasy around blood. Ironic. Love it, Stephanie. Anyway, she's so queasy from blood that she has to be excused from class because she faints at the sight of blood. Anyway, Edward happened to skip class that day because obviously he's a vampire and he can't be just like there chilling when they're all getting their blood out. So Edward skips school and when Bella is getting walked to the nurse, like Bella is getting walked to the nurse's office by Mike. Edward obviously approaches them and I, oh my God, Edward's like, oh my God, what's wrong, Bella? Like, let me carry you to the nurse's office. Like, I'll take you. And I just remember thinking like, oh my gosh, this scene, I was like, oh, I wish that would happen to me. I wish my crush would carry me to the nurse's office. <laughs> Anyway, just had to flag that for you guys. Something else I found to be quite interesting. So you guys have to remember that this book was released in 2005 and Ella, Ella, Bella is like standing outside her car and like Mike approaches her, of course, because Mike is obsessed with her and they're talking about like an essay that they have due and Mike is like, oh, what's the essay about? Like, it's about Romeo and Juliet. And he's all like, oh, like, I don't know what to do my essay on. Like, what are you doing yours on? And Bella like turns around and she's like, oh, um, I'm doing my essay on whether Shakespeare's treatment of the female characters are misogynistic. And I remember reading that line at age 12 and being like, what the F? What misogynistic what? And I was so confused. But now in 2021, like, it... <laughs> It's just so funny. I'm like, wow, Bella was a feminist. Who knew? Um, anyway, also a few pages after that, Bella is just watching TV with Charlie and like she's kind of just sitting there thinking as she always does. Also, I find it really, really interesting the dynamic between Bella and Charlie, right? So Bella's obviously lived away from Charlie, her dad, for a very long time and like only visits him very rarely. So he's kind of been alone essentially since her and her mum left him when they were kids. And first of all, it's like, very clear that Bella has a weird dynamic with her mum, Renee, where Bella is actually the mum. And I just find it really interesting because as soon as she moves to Forks and moves in with Charlie, a man who has literally been completely independent from her and her mother his whole life, she immediately like takes over the role of being the parent again. And it's like, girl, 
why are you like this? Like, chill. Let the parent be the parent. Like, she clearly mothers Renee. And then as soon as she moves in with Charlie, she cooks dinner for him. She does groceries for him. She does washing for him. And it's just like, really? Like, I, I don't know. I just found that really weird. And in a certain scene, she's watching TV with him. And it's very clear in her inner monologue that she's, like, very much so doing this for him and for his happiness. And she literally says, he seemed happy, though, to be doing something together, and it felt good, despite my depression, to make him happy. So Bella's literally got depression, and I don't know, I just find that really alarming that, like, her depression is so casually thrown out there, she's clearly not getting any help. She, it, Like, her parents are not doing anything about it, and, I mean, don't even get me started on New Moon, because we all be knowing that Bella was depressed AF in New Moon, and, like, this, this podcast is not about New Moon, this podcast is about Twilight, but... Ooh, was no one going to get this girl psychiatric help? Seriously? She needs to be medicated. Like, moving along to page 140, and here we have the iconic scene where Bella is out in Seattle, I believe it is, with Jessica and Angela. They're shopping for homecoming dresses, and Bella decides to go off on her own in the dark and be an idiot, and all of a sudden she is surrounded by these men who presumably want to harm her, and then all of a sudden the silver Volvo whips around the corner, Edward throws open the door, and he's like, get in and oh my gosh oh my gosh i was like oh when i was a kid oh that scene that scene you know what in all honesty like i'm so sorry about anyone who is listening to this podcast it's basically just going to be like 25 minutes of me gushing to twilight anyway this i'm sorry but i'm also not sorry because i'm enjoying this okay okay page 147 so it is clear as i said at the start that bella has no fashion taste but unfortunately, Edward also has no fashion taste. So I need to describe to you how Bella describes his outfit. And also, I need to say that when I was 12 years old, I found the description of Edward's outfits to be so appealing. I was like, oh my God, he's so clean. He's so neat. He's so polished. He's, oh my gosh, he's so well-dressed. But reading this as a 24-year-old, I'm just like, girl, what? Okay. Let me read this for you. Edward was shrugging out of his jacket. I suddenly realized that I had never once noticed what he was wearing, not just tonight, but ever. I just couldn't seem to look away from his face. I made myself look now. He was removing a light beige leather jacket now. Underneath, he wore an ivory turtleneck sweater. It fit him snugly, emphasizing how muscular his chest was. What? What? A beige leather jacket with a white turtleneck beneath? I don't... I... Ah, in what world? Edward, what are you wearing? You're like mega rich. You can read people's minds. You can literally steal anything you want. And that is how you're dressing? I just, I can't, he doesn't even feel the cold. Why is he wearing a turtleneck? Like just wear a t-shirt. I, I mean, I get that they have to at least pretend that they feel the cold, but like of all things to wear, I just, it's interesting to say the least. So moving on to around the 160 to 170 page mark, we are getting to the point where Edward and Bella, they are falling in love. Bella finally finds out that Edward is a vampire. And something that actually strikes me as really odd is how chill she is about it. Like when I read it for the first time, I was just like, yeah, he's a vamp. Big deal. Move on. Let's just be in love with him. But now reading it back, I'm like, oh my God, he's literally talking about how he is like thirsting for your blood and wants to murder you and almost did murder you the first time he ever met you because he wanted to drink your blood so badly. And she's like, yeah, seems normal. Love you. I'm just like, wow. And then we have the iconic line. And so the lion fell in love with the lamb. He murmured. I looked away, hiding my eyes as I thrilled to the word. 
What a stupid lamb, I sighed. What a sick, masochistic lion. He stared into the shadowy forest for a long moment, and I wondered where his thoughts had taken him. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, I literally had that on a bookmark when I was a kid. Oh, so obsessed. Okay, another thought that I had while reading this, and this is a thought that, like, in all fairness, I did have back when I read the books for the first time. Like, I used to think about this a lot. It genuinely concerned me so much. So, obviously, Edward has, like, super, super heightened senses. Like, his hearing is amazing. Like, his sense of smell is, like, so crazy. Like, he can smell things from, like, miles and miles away, right? Can he smell Bella's poop? Like, surely. And he could probably hear it when she's pooping in the toilet. Like, because... In, in the books, Bella will sometimes say to Edward, because, like, obviously Edward doesn't have to shower or anything like that because he's an immortal vampire. So Bella will turn around to him and be like, oh, can I have a human moment? And she'll, like, go and shower and get changed and go to the bathroom. And I'm just like, surely he can hear and smell all of that. And I'm just thinking, like, imagine if she, like, needs to do a shit at his house and, like, she's busting and she has to do a shit in a house full of vampires that can, like, hear and smell it. I'm Like, that's disgusting, but, like, it's genuinely a concern and then obviously like surely he'd be able to smell when she's on her period which like that's uncomfy and i don't know also i wonder if vampires need to like go to the bathroom so this is kind of expanding from what i was saying before but there's another scene a bit later on in the book where edward's talking about how he went through a little bit of a rebellious phase when he first got turned into a vampire like a hundred years ago and how he basically like separated from the family so he could drink human blood because the cullens only drink like animal blood they call themselves vegetarians or whatever and so basically about 10 years after edward like joined the like became a vampire he decided to go off on his own and just you know kill people because he didn't want to drink animal blood he wanted to drink the real deal and bella is just so chill about it like she's genuinely just like really i was intrigued rather than frightened as i perhaps should have been like what she's like she's i mean they're obviously meant to be together for a reason but like it's it's weird and then edward's like does that not repulse you and she's like no <laughs> he's murdering people like come on girly like i get it i get that he's hot like i get it but come on he is like murdering people and she's just so chill she's like oh i love you i'm a little, little lamb fell in love with the lion okay so obviously like all the drama happens in the book we have like the iconic baseball scene like so iconic and even though we're talking about the book i do just have to say the movie scene for that oh the music so oh my gosh you got if you know you know and we're up to page 350 where, you know, everything shit has gone down. That crazy vampire hunter dude has like smelled Bella and all of a sudden like he's obsessed. Of course he is, by the way. Like, of course he just has to track her down and hunt her and eat her. And in order to save Bella, like they all go back to the Cullen's house and like to kind of redirect the scent, um, they want to like change Bella's clothes, like swap clothes with one of them to like muddle the scent up. And Edward's like, oh, like, Rosalie, can you please swap clothes with Bella so we can muddle the center? And Rosalie's literally like, why should I? She hissed. What is she to me except a menace, a danger you've chosen to inflict on all of us? And Rosalie just says that in front of the whole group, in front of Bella. And it's like, girl, really? Like, Rosalie is a bitch. And I'm sorry, like, I can empathize with, with Rosalie. We find out in Eclipse that she really went through some shit. And yeah, but like, also, you're in a, like, you're a gorgeous 10 out of 10 beautiful immortal woman. And that's how you're going to treat another woman. And I mean, as I said, like, we are only talking about Twilight here, but Rosalie is just, like, consistently an asshole throughout the whole Twilight. 
books and then like in the very last book she only likes Bella once she can use her to get to her baby anyway that's a whole nother can of worms we won't get into also when they are like hiding out in the hotel room because like that tracker dude is chasing down Bella and he like manages to lure Bella to him because like he pretends that he has captured her mum I'm just like why not tell Alice and Jasper and the rest of the vampires? And I get it. He's all like, come alone. Don't tell them or I'll know that you told them and like, I'll kill your mom. And I get it. I do get it. But like, that just annoys me so much. You have like six powerful immortal vampires with you versus one vampire and you still choose to put yourself in danger, put yourself in that situation and escape so you can go and be the hero and save your mom. And like, of course he was tricking her anyway. And I'm just like, why, why would you not tell them? Why would you not tell them? I get it. He's like, oh, don't tell anyone or I'll kill your mom. But like, be smart, Bella. Seriously, it's like six vampires versus one. Come on, just tell them. You can plan an attack. Edward can read minds. Alice can see into the future. Are you kidding me? Like, they had such an advantage. Like, I just don't understand why Bella decided to go on her own. I don't, like, they could have come up with this, like, plan. They could have, like, laid a trap out. They could... Uh, anyway. Anyway. Another recurring theme throughout the book is obviously Edward and Bella's love. It's their love story. But, like, they are so obsessed with each other. It's very, very insta-lovey. And I, like, totally forgot about how quickly they fall in love with each other and, like, are full head over heels with each other. So Bella literally says... I could talk to him forever, never sleeping, never leaving his side. And that is like a month in. Like, what, girl? Are you kidding me? Like, they are just so obsessed with each other. And again, this is something that I thought was very normal when I was a child. But now as a 24-year-old, I'm like, whoa, girl, chill. Now we're moving on. You know, Bella has been saved. Edward came and saved her from James and also her own idiocy for putting herself in the situation. And... They're in the hospital and Bella's mum sucks. Like her mum is literally just like basically wanting to get out as soon as possible. Her daughter, who she hasn't seen in months, has been in a severe near-death accident. And she's just like in the, in the hospital room with her for five minutes. And then she's like, oh, I got to go. Like I got to go see like Phil, my boyfriend. And Bella's like, okay, that's all right, mum. Bye. And I'm just like, that's so sad. Like her mum sucks. And like... If you reread the book or if you read the book with me, you will agree. Like, her mum genuinely sucks. Like, she's not a mum at all. And then she has the audacity to try and, like, turn around and, like, pro Bella about Edward being like, oh, like, are you sure it's worth it for this boy kind of thing? And it's like, girl, you are not even a real mum. How dare you turn around and try to, like, shame Bella for her love life? Like, you really don't have an input. Bella is the mum in this situation. It's kind of fucked up. And then I guess like my last kind of critique, not critique, the last thing that I kind of flagged as being a little bit worrisome was that in the final chapter, obviously like Edward takes Bella to prom and Bella is just begging to be turned into a vampire. Like she's just like, I want to be a vampire. And again, another thing that when reading for the first time, I was like, yeah, that's so chill. That's so normal. But now I'm just like, she was willing to give up on seeing her mum forever, give up on seeing her dad forever, completely change her whole life, completely commit herself to a boy that she has literally only known for like two months. You guys have to remember that like Twilight only takes course over like two months and she is ready to completely upend, upend her life for him 
turn into a vampire, become a completely different mythical creature, never be able to have kids, never be able to like do normal things, never be able to go out into the daylight, have to drink blood and have an addiction to drinking blood, or in their case, like animal blood, like disgusting, hello. And she's just like chill about that. She's like, yeah, turn me into a vampire. It's what I want. And it's like, have you thought about this? And again, another thing that at the time when I first read this, I was like, yeah, Edward, just turn her into a vampire. Ugh, like, why are you being so weird about it? But now going back, I'm like, yeah, Edward, you have a point. Why the hell does she want to be a vampire? Like, it's crazy. Anyway, that is like, that is kind of where I'm going to wrap up my little annotations and my comments on the book. I hope you enjoyed that. It's It was a little bit disjointed. This is the first time I'm doing this. I will get better as the book club episodes go on but i do hope you enjoyed this format i hope you found it entertaining um so i guess just to summarize my experience i had a great reading experience despite my comments for the last 25 minutes it has been it really has been a great experience rereading it it's been so nostalgic and i do completely understand my obsession that i had with edward cullen like how could you not are you kidding he's so dreamy and swoonworthy and yeah, it was just, it was a really good experience. Highly recommend it. I love nostalgia reading. It's like, it's comfortable, you know, it's just like, mm. for our next book club, we are going to be reading a nonfiction book. And this I am so excited about. We are going to be reading She's on the Money by Victoria Devine. So Victoria Devine is a podcaster. She runs a very, very successful, very well-known podcast called She's on the Money. And she's just brought out a book. And I was like, as soon as I knew she brought out the book, I'm like, we are doing that for the podcast. Messy Book Club is going to be learning how to handle our money because it's an area that I've really wanted to learn more about and I think it's going to be a great book. I've heard really good things about it so I thought, you know what? Let's do it. Let's become rich together. So next, over the next fortnight, we will be reading She's on the Money by Victoria Devine. If you would like to kind of I don't know, have a bit of community, talk about the books a little bit, please join my Facebook group, the Mester Success Community on Facebook. That is where we will talk about the books or you can join me on instagram at jordan k creative we'll also be talking about the book over there and i hope you enjoy i hope you read along with me and next week i will be back with a very normal mess to success episode don't know what we're going to be talking about yet but you'll find out next next wednesday um and just you know a final parting words I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please rate me five stars. I'm an independent podcaster. I do everything on my own outside of my full-time working hours, so anything that you do to share this podcast around, I really, really appreciate it, and thank you so much for listening. I'm so grateful for you guys, and like, if you do message me on Instagram or anything like that, just know that I do appreciate messages like that so much. It means so much to me. I hope you all have a wonderful week, and I will be back in your ears next Wednesday.